What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Well, I had a fun time trying to figure out how to introduce this week's guest. If I said goddess... I actually wouldn't be lying. She's stunning, but she's also known as the keto goddess. She's also an entrepreneur, a personal trainer, a ketogenic lifestyle coach, promoter, host of a warrior workout, and the list actually goes on. Genevieve Castonguay joins us today on Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. The podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. For more information about the company, please go visit extensionmarketing.com. New year, new topics, keto, ketones, ketogenic. It is a hot buzzword. People are talking about it. And it's so nice to have you here. Like, you get it, right? People hear that word and you're like, here we go. It's crazy because about three years ago when I got into this, it wasn't even on people's radars. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, if I talk about it, people either sigh and go, keto, oh my gosh, that. Or they ask me a million questions. So yeah. it's exciting. <laughs> you were waiting in the in the waiting room, in the lobby for a couple minutes, and I felt bad taking you away from Stephanie, who I know <laughs> would have kept you there for an hour. I love it, though. It's become such a passion of mine mm-hmm. that it, it's honestly second nature to have these kind of conversations. So um, it's no... It, it's no sweat off my back. It's great. Well, and that's great because this was probably something years ago that you never anticipated that these words like, you know, the keto diet or ketogenic lifestyle would have been front and center. Had no idea about it, to be honest. And um, I don't know if we can get into that a little bit about how Mm. it came to be, but um, I I was introduced to it from a a great friend of mine who maybe listened to a podcast kind of actually, it's really funny with a doctor and a researcher. And from there, it's just been a whirlwind adventure. And and um, it's taken me on a career path that I can't even believe um, I'm on. But uh, it's been really like a life's passion. It's great. Yeah, it's so interesting to see. And I have seen over the years your work evolve because, you know, I think the first time we were talking about it that I might have interviewed you is when, with one of your passion projects, which was I Am A Girl. And there was a reason. I think there have been reasons in your life and circumstances that have pretty much led you on a path you didn't know you were on yeah. until you've, you've landed there. And I do find your story heartbreaking you know to start and inspiring in so many different ways and so I love to do this and you're gonna have to go with me bear with me but I I always find in understanding someone's story you kind of understand where their life is going and why they're passionate about what it is that they do and I think for you like it was a healthy good childhood you know you you grew up here in Ottawa I did yeah born and raised but life changed drastically at the age of 10 yeah 10 absolutely so I think transparency is really important and I think you you're right everyone has a story Mm -hmm. and why not share it because it resonates with people right so um for me my life did take a big drastic change I'm an only child born and raised beautiful mother and father and then at the age of 10 my mother um was swiftly taken from us from a brain tumor that metastasized very very quickly and so you don't expect to be thrust into that kind of environment right off the bat <laughs> and not really having any sort of female figure to rely on it was really challenging my daughter jamie's 10 i thought you know what she will be 11 <laughs> a week in a week after okay. this podcast airs and and i think of this age and how much I am still so influential in the everyday. Uh, and in her going to bed, the fears of something happening to mom and dad. Like, those are the nightmares right now that right. I know she has. Is like, you know, what ifs? And, and, and the understanding the concept of death and understanding the concept of forever. Like, you were at an age where it was becoming a reality and yet it was your reality. For sure. And I mean, it's very formative years. I actually look back now and I think that the first eight to 10 years of someone's childhood is where you actually gain a lot of support and guidance and knowledge. So I'm very much my mother. So I I am lucky in a sense. I mean, obviously not lucky that she passed away, but lucky in a sense that I had that time with her because I have so many traits Mm -hmm. and she taught me so much. So those fears are valid. And I don't think I really grasped the concept of death that much until a few years later it definitely made me grow up a lot Mm -hmm. become very independent I did have a great support system around me but it kind of shaped my whole trajectory and as we go through it you'll see that every step along the way kind of 
wanted me to be empower other women because I needed that. I was lacking that. Did you have conversations like did when the diagnosis was made that there was, you know, how when you talk about swiftly, like how swiftly was the So, um I I do have faith in medical system. However, um they were diagnosing it as um uh, migraines for quite some time. And my mother's a little bit stubborn. And so she was like, well, I guess it's just migraines. So it was over the course of a, an entire summer that it was just like that until the point where it got to the point where they had to go to the hospital. And then they found out that it was a quite large brain tumor. And I think it was only a matter of weeks that she actually passed away. So she was going to have surgery on the Monday. She passed away on the Friday. So it was one of those things where you don't have time to prepare yourself, especially my father. I can't even imagine. He was only 34 at the time. She was 39, so she's a little older. But how do you prepare? You don't, right? So you just have to kind of figure out this new normal together. And we were really, we're really a team, and mm-hmm. we still had, are to yeah. this day. So um, it's just figuring things out, you know. You became you became his girl. Oh, I, I always I can was, imagine, right? But... <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I understand that. So you you kind of experienced this at 10. I and I even in listening to your voice like I can tell that there was family that there was a support system. Yeah. I mean that would have been needed for your dad but for you. And so you who became that female role model? Who did you turn to? Well, honestly, I think there was so many different ones. The matriarch of my family was my grandmother, and so she became a big part of it. Um, I did have aunts and whatnot, but a cousin of mine who is probably my best friend, um, and she was a little younger, but my cousins were like my foundation. So they were there just to be kind of my supportive, and we all grew up together. It was like a sibling. Yeah, I know you were an only child, but at that point you almost had siblings. They still are. Like I just got off the phone with one of them before coming in here. So, I mean, they're very much like siblings to me. Were you active? Were you health conscious? Like, were you a healthy, active, moving family? Very much so. So all the pictures I have, like I don't have all of these solid memories, but I see pictures of me doing tap dance and singing and just being out there and, you know, the fun things like tubing and stuff like that and um, skiing all the time. So I was very active in terms of health and nutrition. I don't think it was really at the forefront of people's minds in that generation. So I had the traditional classic foods that you'd have your shepherd's pie and your your craft dinner every once in a while and stuff. And I think they instilled healthy practices, but it wasn't at the forefront of your mind when you have a 10 year old daughter you know so and then growing up like did you have were you health conscious were you a, a, te- a teenage girl looking at your body going I like this I oh. don't like this like what I had was your perception crippling self-doubt and self-esteem issues to the point where I actually went to the hospital um not not admitted or anything mm-hmm. but I went in just because I I didn't want to hurt myself harm myself I just felt so such a lack of self-worth and it really is a lot to do with the media portrayal as you know and even back then you know we didn't have cell phones you weren't on Instagram no like that, no you know. but it was just kind of you know am I worthy am I enough am I you know do I look the way I'm supposed to are boys gonna like me it was a lot of external validation issues um and I think a lot of that was because I didn't have that female role model to be like it's okay you're beautiful you're strong my dad did his best but it, there's a balance between male and female and sometimes you need that female presence right so it took me a lot of hard years to figure things out. I was still active. I still loved myself, but it really honestly has been a culmination of the last 31 years of my life to get to where I am now to actually feel secure in who I am. Yeah. I mean, that takes a lot. It, yeah. <laughs> um, and to be brave enough to say I need help or something's not quite right. Like yeah. when, when you're saying I need to just, I need to talk to someone or I need to go to a doctor. Yes. Yeah. And that was the thing too, actually, I didn't mention that. And I, again, full transparency, don't mind. I do believe that psychologists and psychiatrists have a, have a place. And it took me a lot of years to accept that I needed to talk about my mother's death to somebody not in my family. And so even doing, you know, a year of that really opened up the floodgates uh, in a good way of my positive outlook on life. And like, you know, I actually started doing talks um, at Carleton University and stuff, just talking about cultivating a healthy mindset first. Before I even got into fitness and nutrition, it was all about mindset. And I still is to this day in my view. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why, you know, living your life is all about, you know, healthy mindset, healthy body, all that kind of stuff, right? So um, that really helped to shape who I am now, I think. Don't you love therapy? I do. <laughs> I, I'm at the point now, sometimes I just feel like these podcasts could be a therapy session. You know, you just, you you listen to people and 
sometimes for me, it's like I can hear it in their voice, you know, yeah. when something's <laughs> emotional or when something's uplifting or when they're proud. Like, you know, yeah. it's so much in just listening to people or saying things out loud. Sometimes yeah. in me, my therapy is just if it's if it's spoken out loud, like if I have said it out loud and it's more real. You put a voice yeah. to it mm-hmm. because sometimes we're so stuck in our heads. The second we say it out loud, it either sounds ridiculous and we can move forward mm-hmm. or we, we actually come to find the solution ourselves. It's really, it's really funny. A lot of people don't do that. They stay so closed into themselves. And the more we share our story, the more we can help us and others. Yeah, you heal yourself <laughs> and heal others yeah. at the same time. Where was school? What were you doing? Like, you know, you're, yeah. you're moving ahead. Okay. You know, like, where are you going? Yeah. So, um, again, another kind of stumble. I don't like to call it a stumble. I have zero regrets in life. Honestly, zero. Um, I did a lot of self-sabotage patterns in school. Um, I, I hate tooting my own horn sort of thing. I am an intelligent person and my teachers saw that in me. And so they let me, they let me skip school a lot because I'd get my projects in, I'd get good grades and I didn't have even the structure in school. Albeit, I did have one teacher who like put the hammer down because I was in singing and he's like, you can't do the singing concerts if you don't come. And that was the structure I needed. But um, it actually started to create kind of a pattern of, uh, I just want to be an independent learner. I want to go home and do my own thing. Uh, Traditional school is not right for me. And um, I learned later in life that that's okay. A lot of people don't learn that way, but at the time it was really hard, right? And your brain's not fully developed, so you think it's the end of the world. So I did still have these patterns because I wasn't dealing with my issues. And that actually went up through my high school. Um, And it just kind of opened my eyes now in retrospect to things that I wish I had known then, but I couldn't have known, Mm -hmm. right? You've got to go through it. You have to. Because now, I mean, I think you're, you're, for you there's such a a thirst for knowledge because Mm -hmm. of what you've done and the research that you've done and the courses like yeah that you know that you have a thirst for knowledge it just wasn't applied life experience is the best knowledge you can get to be honest and even life experience having those challenges and doing things that aren't correct in societal views um will really change your life at the end of the day you know so (laughs) Changing your life usually when someone gets a diagnosis. I mean, you had an early death in the family, um, but I was reading your bio, and then for you, you're yourself, you're a cancer survivor. When? Yeah. (laughs) I was like reading your bio, I'm like going through things, and I'm like, what? And then I'm like, gosh, you think you know people? Like, I've seen you so many years at events and speaking, and I'm like, you have no idea the lives of people. So, yeah, that was interesting. So um, I got into kind of the fitness world dabbled in it. Mm-hmm. I was doing CrossFit, just to give perspective. I kind of moved around mostly in Ottawa. I lived in Petawawa beforehand for a little bit, just followed followed a boy that happens, right? And um, and so I was, the fitness was great. And I was like, I'm so healthy. I'm doing great. And then all of a sudden, my mid-20s, I you know, had a, a little bump on my thyroid. And then it grew and it metastasized. And it was a cyst. And for two years, they did biopsies and was inconclusive. And I just know, based on my prior knowledge with healthcare and professionals, not that I doubt them, but they're human and there's errors. So I persisted. And I said, like, I just felt something was different, right? So I was like, please continue doing biopsies. And then one day I did it, went in for a routine check. And they're like, you know, as matter of fact, least bedside manner as possible, like looking at his paper, you know, stage two papillary thyroid cancer. And I hear the C word. And based on what happened with my history, I kind of blanked out for the rest of the the rest of the time. No idea what was going to happen. Um, and I think I was only 25 at the time, uh, I think. And uh, so I left and I think I texted my then boyfriend because I didn't know how to call him and tell him. He's like, you can't text someone that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've, anyway, sub- subsequently, I ended up having a full thyroidectomy. So it was covering my full thyroid, which is like a, a butterfly-shaped gland right in the center of your throat. There was a possibility of losing my voice. Um, so I'm a huge singer. So we did this big karaoke night. <laughs> before your surgery. Before my surgery, like a week before. And um, 
It was a, it went really well. I barely have any sort of scar at all. That, I have a girlfriend yeah. um, who had it done uh, as a teenager. Maybe, yeah. And hers is quite predominant. Like, it, it was for a good decade. Yeah. And I once I knew your story, I'm, I, they you did a fantastic it. job. Yeah, like, kudos to Dr. Michael yeah. Odell. He's the best surgeon <laughs> in Ottawa, I gotta like there, say. You have very little, there's... You could never tell unless you knew. Thank you. But yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, that was kind of like a big, I'd never once looked at it in a um, in a negative view. I mean, of course you hear it and people are like, it's the best cancer you can have. I'm like, the best cancer is no cancer, you know? <laughs> but that being said, I was like, okay, I'll get through this. I've got through so much in my life. I'll be fine. And then, you know, I got it removed. I did this radioactive iodine thing where they literally, you drink radioactive <laughs> fluid and then you're segregated for a week and you feel kind of crazy. But um, after doing that, being diagnosed cancer-free at the end of the day, um, it actually, sh- that really changed my perspective on life. I was just kind of coasting a bit. I was doing sales jobs, which I loved. I was in radio mm-hmm. actually. And um, that's when uh, I started the I Am That Girl nonprofit chapter, which is funny that you and I, we did an interview on beforehand. And because I was like, you know what? There's so many men and women out there. They don't have that support structure. And then when they go through a hardship like this, who do they turn to? Or maybe it's a young woman who hasn't gone through something yet, but we want to empower them. And so that's when I was literally sitting there isolated in my room. I was writing an ebook for the Senate of Canada about bringing more women to the table because I had no I had nothing else to do. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> I had nothing else <laughs> to do. So I wrote an ebook for the Senate of Canada. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like the things people say. In <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I literally said that and I sound <laughs> that sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, it does. Okay. <laughs> okay. So as an author also okay, as a, all right. Yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to say it that way. Not matter of fact. I got a contract and it was really fun to do. I love writing and I I couldn't move much, right? Right. So, anyways, so I was you being in isolation was perfect for you to write this book for the Senate yeah. of Canada. And gotcha. then you're alone yeah. in your thoughts, right? right? And then that makes you think, like, what am I actually doing with my life? What if I had been chronically ill, excuse me, or what if I had passed away? And then I did I accomplish what I wanted to do? And the answer was no. So that's when I really made a, a real big shift in my life. So you start this campaign, the I Am a Girl. Yeah, uh, is that still ongoing? Like, I mean, that was a big chapter. There was a big movement around that for a while. Yeah, if I remember. So it's yeah. an international uh, nonprofit that was actually founded by this woman named Alexis Jones out of L.A. She was on Survivor years mm. ago or something. And so there wasn't any local chapters in Ottawa. So I didn't really start the nonprofit. But you brought it, to but the I city. brought it here, yeah. and it was really big and it was good. And I've stepped away from it personally just for other endeavors, but I brought it to the city and I've introduced it. It's more for young younger women. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to give them a platform like literally in their teens, right? Um, but what's funny is we would have like week, um, sorry, bi-weekly meetings and the women that would come out were anything from uh, anywhere from 13 to like 65. And we would have these like sessions where you're crying and you're just like being so raw and vulnerable. And it was really nice. It was good. Yeah. It was, it was, can I say like therapeutic a bit? Cathartic. Yeah, it was Cathartic. great. Yeah. <laughs> You have this chapter, you have this ongoing, yeah. you're, I think at this point, almost going to be leaving these jobs that you're doing because where did you then find that the health and wellness sector was where you were going? Yeah, we're getting there. Everyone who's like, where's the keto stuff? So um, like I said, I was into fitness and I decided I was going to challenge my body um, and I really knew that I if I was capable of beating cancer I can do anything and so I decided to take on doing a um, a fitness competition and so a great friend of mine trained me and I didn't do it in a keto way um, but I did it just in like a healthy eating mm. consistent workouts and I did two back-to-back um, bikini fitness shows just to show myself like it wasn't for aesthetics it was just like I can still do this and be empowered and strong and represent the female body in a great way did you like the training did you like the process I loved the training I didn't love the diet Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day this is where the keto comes into play it did 
mess up my metabolism because towards the end of the competitions, if anyone's done it, they go through something called peak week, which I would call hell week because you literally deprive your body of a lot. And I know some people don't do it that way, but that's the way we did it. Um, and you shrink wrap your body a little bit, right? So um, I didn't take any supplements like that were negative. It was just like a lot of water and then you cut all your water. So it was kind of crazy. Um, and so coming out of that, I was like, ooh, fitness is not everything. Um, and that is when, if you don't mind me going into the keto thing. No, this is perfect. Okay, good. Nice segue. So that is when I uh, met with my friend who, um, I'm sure a lot of people know who JTF2. It's like the Navy SEALs of Canada. They're like, you know, the door kickers of Canada that protect us and all that. So he's a good friend of mine for years, really smart guy. And we sat down for lunch one day and he took out his own oil and got a plain salad and started like no protein, nothing. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're this big guy, you know? And he said, Jen, I know you're a science brain because I am. I like that kind of stuff. He's like, I have a podcast for you to listen to. Now, bear with it. It's three hours long. And I was like, oof. Okay. But then it's he's like. like longer like, than the Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, but uh, it's by Tim Ferriss, who's like a thought leader of our generation, Tools Absolutely. of Titans, right? Mm-hmm. And he was interviewing this man named Dr. Dominic D'Agostino, who's a leading ketone researcher. And this is back when like ketones were just kind of new and whatever. Um, and so it was how to use ketones that you produce in your body or an exogenous form, which is outside of your body, to fuel your brain and your body more effectively and to starve cancer. And so when I heard ketones to starve cancer, I was immediately piqued my curiosity. So I was like, I'll listen to it with an open mind. I did. And then it was like 40 or 50 hours more of podcasts. And so you then listen to the first three hours. The first three hours. And hooked. then you, okay. And then you go on to listen to 40 to 50 yeah. additional hours of I'm, material. I swear within like three days. Like it was like nonstop. <laughs> um, because like PubMed articles are great, but like listening to the people talk about it is a little mm-hmm. bit, you absorb it better. And then that's when I, it literally was like, I think it was June of like three and a half years ago is when I was like, you know what? I won't tell anyone about it yet, but I'm going to do this and I'm going to go full out and I'm going to try it and see what I like. Okay. I have to ask you, okay, what was it in the first three hours Yeah, that was the Kickstarter for you to go on and listen to another 50? Great, great question. So it was really about the first catalyst, obviously, was just the title, like the starving cancer cells, because mm-hmm. cancer cannot uh, thrive in the lack of glucose, which is basically the molecule that you get for energy coming from carbohydrate sources. So if it's depleted out of your body, if the glycogen is depleted, your body has to switch energy sources to burning it down your own stored body fat in your liver called ketones. And they're 70% more efficient to fuel your body and your brain than glucose is. And it crosses that blood brain barrier. So like you're, you're literally signaling better in your brain to the rest of your body, your gut, everything. And I was listening to the science behind it, but the guy was so practical too. He, the researcher, like the scientist was also a a bodybuilder and he did a seven day fast with just water. So he didn't eat anything. He just did water. And then he lifted 500 pounds for 10 reps to show that his, his muscles stayed, you know, the integrity was good. His strength was still there. His body has never been in better shape, but also his mind is super peak. And so what got me is like, oh, wow, like it's not just about the aesthetics and all that. It's internal health and it's also like brain fuel. And they were talking about Alzheimer's and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not making medical claims. This is literally you can listen to the podcast. But it hooked me so much about the internal health because that is such a big part of my life now. And it was then at the time. So you decide to not tell anybody Mm -hmm. about this new venture you're on, but to apply it to yourself. Yeah, for a little bit. Now, I'm out there obviously so it didn't take me long to start talking about it but mostly just to friends first and clients like I have a business goddess gains which was just fitness training at the time but as I started going through my keto journey I had to start sharing the recipes and stuff just literally intrinsically like it came out of me okay what what did you start to do first like your transition after listening to your 50 hours, what did you start to do differently right off the bat? So all of those complex carbohydrates that I thought were the best things for me, which um, are like starches, like potatoes and sweet potatoes, um, rice, whole grains, all that stuff, um, even fruit. I just slowly brought them out of my my lifestyle 
I did it gradually and then I increased my healthy fat sources. So more animal fats, um, oils, coconut oil, which I hadn't really used a whole lot of before. Nuts, avocado became my best friend, still is to this day. Um, And so I just started to make that switch because your body can't, if you're fighting for energy sources, it's almost more negative. That's where the problems come up. Um, But if you do make a switch, eventually you'll become fat adapted. So I did it super gradually. And then I started playing with food. um, And I love to cook now. And I think you have, it forces you to try new things Mm -hmm. um, and not be so complacent in the basics. Like I was so used to steamed broccoli and ground beef and stuff with the fitness world. Whereas now it was like, oh, I can use cheeses and I can use the cuts of meat that have a ton of fat on it and I'm allowed to eat this and it's good for me and it's like it changes your whole perspective uh on eating it was interesting what did you have the hardest to give up is there something that you still miss or that you crave or so, that you're not eating? Yeah, I really do believe in moderation. So there are times, and I'm just, because I call this a lifestyle versus a diet, I really think that people have to find what their healthy balance is at the end of the day. So there are times like over the holidays where I actually deviated from keto. I ate the food with my family, but I did it consciously. Um, and then I went back in. Yeah, it took me a few days. I felt kind of like garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do miss some things sometimes, but what I really found like ice cream let's say but I found that there's actually alternatives that a you can make and now because keto is so um it's so out there there's so many products Mm -hmm. that cater to this lifestyle that are store made that um you can actually buy like even in the last three years yeah I would say especially in the last year I find that you could go to any of these stores and I was doing stuff with natural food pantry like like they're tailored to knowing that there's a big part of the of the demographic that's eating this way okay so can you explain because you I'm listening and I understand (laughs) yeah (laughs) what what exactly for someone who who's heard these words has heard ketogenic has heard the keto diet like what exactly if you had to define it okay can you define it yeah absolutely and I'll try to do it because again I don't want to come off as an expert anyone can learn this so on a high level basically it's high fat low carb moderate protein. That is the basis of it. So the whole point of this is to switch your energy source from using glucose, which comes from sugars and carbohydrates, to using fat for energy, either the stored body fat in your body or the fats that you consume. So there's only ever two energy sources. You can choose one or the other, but in order to get to that fat, you have to get your carbs down low enough to do that. Typically, that's about 20 up to 50 grams net carbs. This might sound like a little crazy. So net carbs just means you look at the total carb count, you subtract the amount of fiber um, from that count, uh, and you subtract if there's any sugar alcohols. Now, sugar alcohols are like natural sugars like stevia and erythritol that don't spike your insulin. You can remove that from the total count, and then you can take a look at your your daily I know this sounds a little, still okay. a little out there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people talk about doing the keto diet to be able to get into ketosis. Right. What is ketosis? Yeah, exactly. So ketosis is the process of breaking down fats in your liver to create ketone molecules. And there's three different types of ketone molecules. Um, One is the the urine ketone, one is breath, and the one that matters the most is called a beta-hydroxybutyrate or BHB. Let's just call it BHB because it's easier. That's the one you want. It's that blood ketone that'll cross the blood-brain barrier to fuel your body more effectively. Okay, crosses the blood-brain <laughs> barrier. No, it's yeah, okay. I'll catch you on it. it. I'll, I'll catch it. you on it. What is the? What are you referring to when you say the blood-brain barrier? Yeah. So a lot of things can't be passed through to our brain with the blood transmission, like through our body. But ketones do that. They bypass. Um, they go. They can go directly into your brain as an energy source. So they like, can light up your brain. Like if you've ever experienced kind of brain fog at 3 p.m. and you need coffee, this can actually be like a natural way of lifting brain fog and having massive amounts of clarity, energy, focus. Um, my family has a history of ADD and I'm not self-diagnosing myself, but I used to literally only go 30, 45 minutes at a time concentrating. Now in the keto lifestyle, for me, I can do three, four hours without stop on a specific task. And I do attribute that to my lifestyle a lot. Um, so that's what it means. Yeah. Are you always in ketosis at this point? No, I'm not. So I do... Uh, and here's the thing that I want people to, to understand is that 
you go in and out of ketosis at many times during your life. You probably at some point, even not doing the lifestyle, let's say you finished eating at 7 p.m. one night, you slept in the next day on a Sunday and you woke up at 1 p.m. and then you didn't eat until 1 or 2. Well, guess what? Your body only takes 8 to 12 hours to break down the food in your system. And then what happens is it actually goes to your stored body fat for you to consume and it creates ketones. So you've definitely been in ketosis at some point in your life. Babies are born in ketosis. And then once we start feeding them other whole foods, like breast milk is is 60% fat. We don't realize those things. So um, I'm not always in ketosis. There may be a day I eat too much protein or some incidental carbs, like carbs I didn't realize were coming from maybe a sauce I had at, uh, at a restaurant or something. But because I'm fat adapted, meaning that my body will now choose ketones first because I've been doing it for a while. Um, it'll easily go back into ketosis after a day. A lot of people say that they have tried this yeah. and have done it for a period of time, but then don't stick with it. Yeah. Why is that? This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing. They're a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the extension marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one-hour consultation. Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. I just kind of actually touched on something called fat adaptation, and that's a really important process. Usually, like I said, your body is fueled by glucose, right? So if you deplete glucose, your body will have flu-like symptoms. And that's just because your body doesn't know where it's going to get its energy. And that usually happens in the first couple of weeks. And that's when people fall off because they go, well, I feel like garbage. Why would I continue this? Stick with it, friends, because once you break through that that little bit of a flu-like symptom um, and you start to gain those healthy fats in there, you're going to actually come through the other end and be more fat adapted to use ketones as your energy source. So people... Um, it's any change in your lifestyle is difficult and there's always going to be an adjustment period. Some people find there's some gut issues or going bathroom too much and stuff. But remember, we've taken so long to get where we are that it's going to take a little bit of time to change where we want to go. So I would say just keep your water intake up, keep your electrolytes up and just focus on what the goal is and that's to get to fat adaptation. Is it about when you have your clients, right? So now now this is something that you're doing all the time yeah. and, and are teaching classes. I've heard you, you speak about it. Are people looking at this for the brain clarity or for, to get out of that fog? Are they looking at it for weight loss? Yeah. Um, what are, What's the reason people usually choose to go this route? So um, again, being super transparent, most people hear about it because of the fat loss implications. I like to say fat loss versus weight loss because mm -hmm. what's so great about this lifestyle is that you actually can um, preserve your lean muscle mass. Ketones do that inherently. So you're not burning through your muscle. You burn real fat, like visceral fat that's the bad stuff for you. So um, a lot of people start with those intentions and then they start to see the other benefits afterwards. So you know, I'm not, I don't go and promote it just as a fat loss diet because I really think Atkins was a diet before, right? This is a lifestyle um, and it's maybe not right for every single person, um, but yes, yeah, sorry. Okay, who would it not be right for? Are, are there like, you know, you have people listening, but this might not be. I think it, you have to really listen to your body. If you have some metabolic conditions, like if you have like a really bad hormonal uh, imbalances, you may want to work with uh, either someone like myself or a naturopathic doctor to see if maybe a little bit higher carb intake or doing carb up days are good for you. Um, you have to listen to your body at the end of the day. There's always going to be standard guidelines for any lifestyle, but you have to adapt it for your body. That being said, um, I've had everybody from even type one diabetics that have issues producing insulin, which can create more ketones in an acidic level. But as long as they monitor, monitor it, excuse me, as closely as their blood glucose, they can still do this lifestyle and see benefits. Like cutting carbohydrates is not a bad thing. Our body 
think about our, our um, cavemen even, right? Mm-hmm. So they would hunt and they would eat a big cut of meat uh, and then they go two weeks not eating. They'd have just water because they would be out there hunting again and maybe their family would be eating. So they literally use their own stored body fat. That's the way, and I know this is, I'm talking thousands of years ago, but we're, we're made to do that. So um, it is potentially good for anybody, but you have to really focus on your own health. Can you do it half-assed? <laughs> okay, I'm going to, because I'm going to ask you this, because yeah. like I, I'm, and we were talking about full, you know, being authentic um, or transparency. I tried it. Yeah. I did it um, a year and a half, uh, maybe more than, more than that, a little bit more than that. Um, and I was doing the prove it packs yeah. I, I didn't do the bulletproof coffee I couldn't I could not physically <laughs> down that drink best. oh my okay. god I couldn't do it I couldn't do it but um being raised in the 80s yep. uh, I was raised on the non-fat like my mom was very health conscious and everything was coming out like we took out the butter we went to margarine everything was non-fat everything in the house right um and so that was my mindset and doing and and maybe over the years and all the interviews that I done, I started to realize, okay, the amount of sugars that yeah. was in all of the non-fat stuff was way more detrimental than just having the true fat. So over the course of time, I've gone back to full butter, uh, full like full fat sour cream. Awesome. Um, I'll have cream in my coffee and not feel guilty about it. So and I and I had more avocados and I had more coconut. Like I've done these things. Um, so I have implemented more fat, yes, a lot more fat and watch that I don't have the sugar content, but I still have the fruits and the vegetables. We don't have much pasta or rice or that stuff in my, in the house, but I, I was in trying to do it. I still liked my fruits and my vegetables and those had too many sugars, right? Like, so I felt like I was, I was battling my inner thoughts. Absolutely. And then going to have the bacon and the cheese. Like I, I was like scratching my head going, what are you doing? Right? Like it's going against so many things that you have been oh, yeah. taught to not have. And and so that's a good point. So first of all, I just want to bring up the vegetable point. I eat a ton, a plethora of vegetables. So, and, and again. Do you eat your peppers and your I do. Ca- like, okay. Yeah. So I eat them in moderation. I do cut out all starches, all grains, all, all like the breads and mm-hmm. the pastas and stuff like that. There are healthy alternatives, but I do keep a lot of vegetables and it's really important. And I've actually reintroduced a little bit of fruit, but in moderation, like seasonal berries and things like that. Um, but anyways, going to your point, can you do this kind of right right so um <laughs> I'd say here's the main thing at the end of the day is I know that we love those traditional things so um I'm not going to get too nitty-gritty into the, like the science behind it but something that I just wanted to mention is that this man named Ansel Keys in the 1950s is the one who told us that saturated fats were bad and he was actually paid off we found out by the sugar companies and everything to promote low fat because it made more money for them um but now we've come to see that that's not the case but what you're trying to say is you know can I still have some of these products um I'd say the answer is yes and no okay so you're doing the right thing the first step for anybody is cutting those processed sugars for anybody I mean think about what it's doing to your body they're not meant to be as a part of our body and going to full fat products is going to be so great so even getting rid of your two percent milk and going for the 35 percent cream is going to be really great because it's less processed less sugars it's going to do really good for your body I just say a slower transition. If you want to be more low carb, higher fat, that's great. You may not get into a state of ketosis. That's okay. Um, You don't have to always be in this state. It's about being conscious with any sort of lifestyle. If keto is not for you, you want to just eat clean and eat whole foods, then go for it, you know? But the only reason I like really strive to be in in this state most of the time is that um, I don't want my body to be always fighting for a different energy source. So if I have a day where I eat like bread, which I don't do anymore, but if I had a day where I eat bread, well, I'll kick myself out of ketosis, but it'll also take me a day or two to get back to feeling really great. So why do that to myself? Maybe I can make a keto bread that doesn't take long, or I can go to a store like Natural Food Pantry that they actually sell keto breads now. So it's finding those alternatives to things we love and just trying to consciously do that. And here's the best part, Leanne, is that once you do this for a few weeks, those cravings for even the easy things like bread actually start to go away completely. 
so for some of us, like I, I don't ever, I don't have bread. Like yeah, okay. we don't, we don't, I don't have bread. I don't have, but I like my peppers and I like my strawberries and my black, like, um, and my mangoes and, and those, as I was realizing all are anything that was sweet and then the fruit are high in sugar. Right. So I was battling the, you know, a healthy balance of fruits, vegetables, protein, um, and so how do you battle? Like you're battling me. I'm not battling. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, not battling it. It's the wrong word to use. We are, we are th- thrust so many, so many options, so much information. Yeah. How can one individual say, no, this is okay. I'm going to choose this over this way. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So I totally get that. So here's where I do with my clients. Yes. Um, I create them a macronutrient profile, which I know it's not the easiest thing for just the average person to do. However, if you want to start with a basis, there's um, different websites you can go to. It's like ruled.me slash like keto calculator. You can put in your height, weight, age goals, and you can find out how many calories are good based on your goals and your weight, and also the percentages of how much fat, um, you know, carbohydrates and protein you can have. And then you could do something that a little bit is more like um, if it fits your macros um, just to get okay, started. But you're yeah. you're talking a language. Like some people right now are going <laughs> are like, like what? what? Like you've just said macros and stuff. And and I like get it. there's somebody at home that's just like I'm just trying to you know lace up my running shoes and go walk a kilometer. I get. I'm, I'm so I'll glad be, you're pulling yeah, me back yeah, in. But like you, yeah, you. But you're like talking macros and stuff. And I'm like. Okay. The general population is you, you've lost them. So, okay. Like, I like it. No, no, no. Yeah. It's actually really, really good that you say that. So here, okay. So let's just uh, scrap the word macros altogether. Okay. Um, just knowing that you need high fat and you need low carbohydrates. If you love fruit, just start to wean down a little bit and make it more as your treat. So if you do love fruit, you want to keep it in your lifestyle. Most people are going, the fruit is the good stuff and then I can have my treat. They're not looking at the fruit as being their treat. But like you can make things called like fat bombs and stuff that can yeah. be from like dark chocolate which could also be a treat okay um but berries and stuff they're not bad they're just high in natural sugars and our whole point is to deplete as much sugar as you can so i totally get where you're coming from you know like people are battling yeah. that like <laughs> but you said fruits are good you know yeah. like yeah. It, like they're so torn and and understanding well you said i could have fruit and vegetables but these fruits aren't good and these vegetables aren't going to do the trick like it's it's really needing to be as informed yes as possible and so do you have people that come to you and think that they've been doing everything the right way of course. and yeah. then you kind of go through it and be like this is why it's not working absolutely so there's so many pitfalls with any lifestyle right not just keto and I don't want people to overcomplicate it um and you don't have to have a ketogenic lifestyle coach like myself to do that um but don't get misinformation I would say those forums that are there for support take everything with a grain of salt but then do what's right for your body at the end of the day so the best thing I would say for fruit and vegetables is to Google really easily um, low glycemic fruits and vegetables. Okay. So that just means it's low on the sugar content. And then from there, you can create your own optimal list. And if you really love your mango and your pineapple at the end of the day and you really want it, then try to think about it more as a treat that you have more like mm-hmm. less frequently and then you know what berries blueberries those things you can have you know a quarter cup in your yogurt or whatever and still enjoy it so i would say the best of advice for the newbie is just google low glycemic fruits and vegetables and stick to the top ones and you'll be fine you don't have to track everything okay then you're getting your cuts of meat yes usually <laughs> usually you're taking the fat off yes right usually you go to the, the butcher and you're trying to find the one that has the least white uh you know there marbling yeah least white you're actually now looking for as much marbling yeah because animal fats are a great source of of natural fats um and because you're now cutting your carbs so low you want to increase those fats going for the bone in skin on options and the marbling on the cuts of steak i know again it's all your mindset right so remember the beginning we talked about healthy mindset and all that you're gonna have to make a really big shift to get through it but you'll notice when you start eating these foods um, that it really will support your body. There are also vegetarians that do keto and that's fine. They can find healthy sources of fat in, like I said, the coconuts and the nuts um, and the avocados. There's a lot of other sources. But if you are eating meat, go for the fattier cuts. They're not bad for you. Um, And if you do still like your lean meats, like let's say you can't do it, 
just cook it in more oils. So if you have like a chicken breast, well, you can cook it in more butter. You could add some cheese to it, you know, some full fat cheeses. And there's your fat content at the end of the day. Like for some people, they're going, this is awesome. <laughs> right? I get to cook with butter and I'm going to add some cheese. Uh, and then on top of that, why don't we just add a drink filled with fat? Because, <laughs> because that's what you're going to wait. We're not done yet, everyone. Yeah, yeah. We're going to then add a drink that's going to have like 13 grams of fat. Yes. So this is where... This is where, too, the industry has exploded because there are products like you have the Bulletproofs, you yeah. have the Prove It. Um, and this is like a way to be like, hey, let's fatten it, fatten a glass. So it's about biohacking your body. That's a new term coined by actually Dave Asprey, who's the founder of Bulletproof. And Bulletproof's actually become synonymous. It's almost like Kleenex in the keto world because Bulletproof is actually a brand name, mm -hmm. but we call it Bulletproof coffee. And what it means is you're infusing healthy fats into a hot beverage, either a tea or a coffee, so that you can boost your, your fat level at the beginning of the day. And you can practice something called intermittent fasting, which means that you're only consuming healthy fats or maybe nothing at all. Um, and you're starting your eating patterns a little bit later because that'll help your body to use your stored body fat first. So if you have a fat loss goal, it helps you to use that fat first. And it's actually a really safe and normal practice. Um, I know it's a whole other topic we could probably get into. Into the intermittent fasting. I think yeah. it would, might be another day topic, um, but it's been something that I know can help people break plateaus and also stop cravings because your hunger hormone, um, there's a couple of them. They actually start to reduce if you practice intermittent fasting a few times a week. And yeah, so the, the Bulletproofs or Prove It has this product called Keto Cream that I use every day. It's basically like a package that you put in your coffee on the go so that you don't have to carry around a magic bullet blender with you because that's hard to do. <laughs> so I use that. I would use that on the morning show. Like I would make yeah. my tea and I would use the Prove It uh, creams in there. Yeah. To do it. I did it yeah. today. It was yeah. great. Um, and then some people would, would go by my desk and I would have a water bottle filled with that to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, it looked like a, <laughs> <laughs> it did not look appealing. Right. Um, but, and I would really have to down it down, but that right. was, I found the only way I was going to get in all of the the fats, the fats and things to like be able that. to do it. And, and I'm going to say, like, I did, I leaned up. Like, I, I could I could definitely tell the difference. And I was peeing on a stick, you know, mm -hmm. and trying to see. And I found that I could get into it for about an hour, an hour and a bit a day. Okay. If, if that makes any sense. And then, yeah. I, would, and then I would be out. But I, I wasn't disciplined. Well, and one thing just to, for listeners that are doing this. So those keto sticks mm -hmm. that people pee on, they actually are only good at the really at the onset because um, the ketones that your body doesn't use, you'll excrete through your urine. As you become more fat adapted, it won't even show up on the keto sticks, but you could be in full-blown ketosis. So anyone who is really looking to track, you don't have to do this, but you can get a blood glucose reader with ketone strips, test your blood. Okay, so I'm saying the average person will never have to do this. Yes. Because I'm a keto coach, I like to show people how to do it. Um, and you can actually track your blood ketone levels, which is the only thing that should really matter at that point. So you may have been in ketosis, mm -hmm. but not seeing it on those strips. Okay, I'll be honest with you, Jen. Yeah. I, I think I was looking <laughs> I was looking for that like brain like maybe I think I was so tired right like I was, yeah. it was and it was right before I got the shingles which was the the catalyst for me leaving the show right um was my just I was exhausted um so I was desperate to be out of that brain fog yeah um and I just think my lifestyle I was just never going to get that brain clarity but that's what I was on it like I loved the the fat loss yes but I was in search like, I was like on a desperate search for that brain clarity yeah um and so that's what I was like that for me was like the golden nugget. And that's good. Time. I mean, some people, they don't even realize that they can achieve that. And maybe you didn't hit it, you know, hey, maybe maybe down the line we can try it again <laughs> and do it together well, as an experiment. I, I am, like, yeah. I'm definitely, it, it piques my interest. Yeah. Um, it definitely does. And I think for a lot of people it piques their interest. It's, it's, it's the commitment. Yeah. Um, and do you find now, I mean, we're into that new year. Everyone's into these, you know, gotta love them, but they're yeah. into these resolutions <laughs> and these new kind of lifestyle attitudes. How much of this coaching are you going to be doing and how much can you can you honestly say this percent will stick with it? 
I think, yeah, I think it's, I can't really uh, estimate a percentage because I think people have to have their own experience and develop their own whys. So if you look at something and someone says, I need to lose weight, what is your, what are you actually saying, right? So it's like, I want to feel better in my own skin. I want these clothes to fit a little, I want to get back to before I was a mom. I want to do all that kind of stuff. And so actually determining what your why is will be the biggest motivator Mm -hmm. for you. Because if you're having a day where you're really off and you want to eat a whole bunch of carbs, Think about that why, and that's going to be the reason. So it's about the resolve. I think accountability and support has a big role, and that's why I am a keto coach. I am here so that I can be a bouncing board or a peer person with for okay, somebody. Okay, so what calls? So you know, as a keto coach, like what calls are you getting, or is it like I need recipes, or how much is recipe development? How much is creating that meal plan? How much is talking someone off the ledge when they want to have <laughs> that piece of bread? Like what? goes into it well for me personally everyone does this a little bit differently but what I uh, like to do is I do customized meal plans for each of my clients so I have a bank of about 450 recipes I've put together over the last couple of years how hard was that Uh, it was a big process Mm -hmm. Um, I had to create a system I have um, all of the macronutrients that we're talking about like the the calories everything in an Excel spreadsheet so I can easily input and change things now some people are like I have no nuts in my house or I can't do dairy so that's where it's important to have somebody to be like here are recipes that will work for your entire family and also meet your dietary limitation or restrictions and so I put it all together I, I put every single day mapped out. I allow them a little wiggle room. Like here's your healthy snack choices. Pick between them. This is what you can do because there has to be some sort of wiggle Mm -hmm. room. Um, And then I ask them what they're able to do. And like we also incorporate fitness in there, like, you know, quick little hit high intensity interval training, things like that they can do at home or at the gym. Um, But They also get, you know, 15 minute phone calls with me every week as a check in, but they can text me or message me anytime. It's just we have, you know, set structured guidelines plus a private Facebook group with everyone so they can bounce ideas off each other. When you look at that Facebook group, what are they bouncing? What are what are the what are the chats like? A lot of them are recipes, but then it's like, okay, you know, I'm having a potluck and I have no idea, you know, what I need to do. Like and somebody will say, hey, this is a great one. I just tried last week. Let's do this. Or there'll be questions like, you know, I'm, I'm hitting a plateau. Um, and I love that they feel comfortable going between themselves mm-hmm. because that means I actually have one woman who has stepped up as almost a coach herself. She has become so knowledgeable. She's even traveled with me to the States to learn about ketones because for her, it's changed her life. She's 48, a mom of three, and she looks the best, feels the best ever. So she won't stop talking about mm-hmm. it. So it's cool to see that you empower other people to also share the conversation and like give them the tools what are some of the like you talk about this client 48 three kids feeling best like what are some of the success stories of people who've come in with the worst eating habits or lifestyle and you've seen shift um my favorite one is I won't name names but it was a a lady who came to me and um she had been going through fertility treatments for a a while and uh she was actually in her early 40s and it was the last it was seven years of trying and they said you need to lose weight otherwise this treatment won't work and we worked together we did some fitness too but we kind of overhauled her lifestyle and uh, she has a beautiful baby daughter now and, you know, we're like best friends. And it just goes to show that nutrition, not just fitness, can play such a huge role in changing what you're, they're telling you you're predestined, your epigenetics can be changed. So that's one like very, very, I know, out well, there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, there's people who are struggling. And know? there's and- men too. Like I work a lot with women, but there's men that I'm working with currently that are like, I've never, you know, there's one who's going to do a triathlon. He's like, I never even thought I could run, you know? And it's like, they just, you're reaching new standards and new heights for your own self. And most people I'd say are older than I am. Like I'm 31, almost 32. And most of them are 35 plus with kids. And it's because they, they realize now they're like, I need a shift. And how am I going to do it? I don't even know where to start. Mm. Jen, help, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's where we're at. Uh, you know, you, sp- you spoke about this client of yours who is going through fertility issues and, you know, to be able to, to lose the weight and to be able to follow through. Um, and thankfully, you've just announced this, so I'm okay to say it, yeah. but congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, because you're pregnant with your first child. I am. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's exciting. It's overwhelming. And, you know, you're going in for those prenatal visits and it's like, what are you doing for your diet? Like, what are you taking? 
what is your perspective now with you and your lifestyle and you now carrying a child? So what I love is that I've armed myself with so much knowledge and information that I'm not scared about continuing a ketogenic, low-carb lifestyle throughout my entire pregnancy. And you'll actually see if you guys follow me, I'm going to be following the entire trajectory, showing what I eat, Mm -hmm. showing how I feel and the symptoms. Um, And I I am working with a naturopath as well who's giving me the right supplements and everything. Was there a a concern? Did you think about it? so I cut out intermittent fasting, okay. which uh, because I do want to feed my child every couple of hours. If it was just my body, I have no problem just running off the fuel in my right. stored body fat. But um, that's the only thing that I really changed. And I've reintroduced a couple of fruit, what we were talking mm-hmm. about. So I'm living more of a low carb, high fat lifestyle versus always being ketosis. I'm not as concerned. I don't track that right now, but I am going off how I'm feeling. And um, it's going to be a really interesting process. I'm actually extremely excited that that this is a new chapter because I can reach other people like mm-hmm. even breastfeeding moms and that are so scared about what they're doing but if it's good for your body and babies are born in ketosis why can't this be good for the development of the baby a lot of people say the brains need carbs but it actually it's not necessarily true I've done a lot of research and um, your body will produce enough glucose to fuel the development of the baby and isn't it the healthy fats that? Yeah, the omega-3s, you know, like the cooked salmons, the nuts, avocado, everything I'm eating is is recommended for any sort of lifestyle. It's just I'm cutting out the the carbs. And um, I don't know. I think it's going to be really exciting to follow this journey. I think for a lot of people, they're excited about that. I mean, A, that you've just been able to announce this, but that there's some – there's precedent like that you'll be monitoring and seeing how everything uh is going yeah it's gonna be great yeah (laughs) is it weird to say it out loud (laughs) it's so strange because I just just announced it so it's really really great but um yeah for any like new moms out there if you have questions let me know or if you just found out you're pregnant don't be nervous we can do this Yeah, yeah like yeah there's there's so many ways that we think and how our mindset kind of shifts a little bit too right you kind of almost you go oh my god there's two yeah. You know, and, and then, and I'd be interested, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens with your body too. Yes. Um, and I've, I've often said this, like I fit, I ate healthy, but like I gained 55 pounds mm-hmm. with both my pregnancies. Yeah. Like, you, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm normal size, oh, yeah. but it was a, that was a lot of weight to carry. And, and I ate healthy and I exercised every day. And then I had a girlfriend who ate McDonald's every day and <laughs> sat on her, sat on her ass all day yeah. and gained 16 pounds, you know, right. it's like, it, it's, it's going to be whatever your body is going to need to do. For sure. And honestly, I'm not too concerned about gaining the weight. I know it's, it still is in my mind because I'm coming from that fitness background too that um, I don't want to gain too much. But I'm, I'm listening to my body. Mm-hmm. So I actually have eaten a lot more. A lot of people have aversions. I'm like, I love food. So I'm still eating a lot. I've already gained a little bit of weight and I'm not really worried about it. If my body is telling me that, then it's more about um, about what the baby needs mm-hmm. at this point. So um, I'm just going to kind of roll with it, I think. So right now, uh, you're the business, the, the Keto Goddess, mm-hmm. uh, it's really taken off. Yeah, like it's been you great. are like yeah, like I, I'm just looking at it now, like because you you've got a business, you know, you're gonna be a new mom, uh, and you're in a business that seems to be kind of just gaining momentum. How much of it has been in the information that you're doing, and are you doing the coaching? You have the prove it. We were talking about some yeah. of the um, some of the products that are associated. Right. Do people need to have the supplements, or is it? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I just wanted to touch on it a little bit. So, just what the products actually are, and why I will continue to take them even in my pregnancy, is that the main ingredient, first of all, these were created, the formula, by, remember the podcast I said I listened to? This doctor, Dominic Diagostino, he's the formulator behind this pure therapeutic ketone. It's made up from that blood ketone molecule. There's no artificial flavors, colorings, additives. It puts you into a state of ketosis in 30 minutes and everything is completely natural. So it helps to support your body to stay in that prime amplified state. I think fitness and nutrition are 
paramount to your health, but this can be an elixir, an added component so that you're consistently not going in and out of ketosis, that you don't have those crashes midday. They literally are changing the formulas all the time. The ketones are naturally extract, um, it's a natural fermentation process. It's the only one in the world that's patented. So I'm taking a caffeine-free version as I'm pregnant because caffeine, I don't want to have too much of it, Um, but I do it every single day and I won't stop the entire pregnancy because it's water soluble, whatever my body and my baby doesn't use for energy, I pee out. So it's really, really natural. I would never take anything or promote anything that I don't take Mm -hmm. uh, daily. And I've done so much research on it that it's been like, people probably won't get me to stop talking about it. (laughs) Okay, that's good. So I just really quickly, because I'm looking at the time. Okay, top three podcasts that you would say for people to listen to also for the information. So that first one was the one with Tim Ferriss. Yeah, Uh, that's the first like just as a standalone. Um, I would. who was that with? So it was... Tim Ferriss and Dr. Dominic D'Agostino. Dr. Dom, if you look him up, you'll find him. That would be that first one. Because I think this is going to pique interest, but... There's so much information that he, so like much. just like you took in 50 hours of it, right? Absolutely. You can't do this in an hour. So for keto for women, because mm-hmm. I think we're talking to a lot of women, Leanne Vogel, she wrote The Keto Diet and she is a nutritionist and she's from Calgary and, and she's great. And mm-hmm. so she talks about like hormones and everything. So Leanne Vogel is a great podcast as well. Um, there's a plethora of other ones, but I love intermittent fasting information. So Dr. Jason Fung, he's actually from Toronto, another great Canadian who who's talking about keto and it's all about the implications of intermittent fasting with or without keto and how it can reverse markers. What about, okay, um, top three recipes, like places to go for the recipes. Can people go on your website? Like what are the top five looked at recipes? Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So I'm doing, um, I'm doing these like upcoming workshops and they're all talking about keto classics. So people want to know how do I make pizza keto? How do I make lasagna keto? So I post recipes consistently on my social media network. So Instagram, Facebook, those are the best ones to find it. I have a blog too, but there are some really good ones out there. I'd say um, Diet Doctor is a really good one. I hate the name of it, but it has a lot of low carb keto recipes and like they're really easy to access. Maria Emmerich has written a ton of books, but she also has an online resource with it. Um, And then I'd say um, all day I dream about uh, what is it? All day, my, all day I dream about food. It's a funny website, but again, a ton of really good resources. So there's so many out there. Um, I would say literally Google keto and then whatever food you're feeling like. Like I wanted mac and cheese the other day. So I was like, keto mac and cheese. And I found a recipe that was good, right? So um, there's so many resources. What are you using then? Like for noodles? Like in... Um, cauliflower, um, <laughs> new pasta. There's There's actually a lot of things that are like... It's from shirataki noodles, so high fiber, low carb. There's so many new things coming out. So I know it sounds crazy. No, but, but it's, it, yeah, it but the new products on the market are making it a lot easier. So much easier. So much easier to be able to do. Top three things right off the bat that you want people to pull from their diet and the top three things you want people to add. Ooh, love it. Okay, so pull all of your processed sugars. Go in there, get rid of your cookies and things that like you know have sugar, cereal, stuff like that. Then go into, um, into your fridge and take out like if you do have any breads or anything like that like muffins and stuff just pull those out I know it sounds so bad just just try it and then the low fat products so get rid of anything that says low fat on it whatsoever okay low fat sour cream oh no don't do it like it's just sugar it's just sugar and then increase so here's whole foods go with whole foods so fine if you don't want to do just yet the healthy cuts of like sorry the fattier cuts of meat then get coconut oil or MCT oil, okay? Get yourself some some nuts if you love nuts. Get more avocado in there. If you don't know how to eat avocado, try it guacamole style or whatever. Um, so I would say just, I know you said, in, what would you include? Full fats, um, vegetables, but low glycemic vegetables, a lot of them. So leafy greens, cruciferous greens, and then um, and then just more like nuts and avocados and stuff like that. Hopefully that's helpful. Well, it, it covers a big, it I know. covers a large spectrum. A lot. I We had bacon with everything. Bacon's so good. <laughs> we had bacon wrapped things and bacon yeah. on bacon. I'm like, I can't believe how much bacon I'm having. It's well, great. Actually, great so for a Jewish girl, let me tell you. That's yeah. so true. Last thing, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Eggs, I'd say mm-hmm. if any of the proteins, eggs have all essential, all nine essential amino acids. So egg yolks are actually really good for keto. So if you're not sure where to get your fats, get some eggs. So like bacon and egg breakfast. But the best. 
And like, a I, slice of avocado, and then you're getting <laughs> Okay, okay. So I always do the bacon and eggs. I don't need the toast. I, you know. Yeah. Um, so add my avocado mm-hmm. to it, and yeah. then I'm all good. Perfect. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm winning half the battle. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. <laughs> We're getting half the battle. Where can people go for information on the, maybe the products, on the program, on anything? Where can they go check you out? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about the products really quick. So the easiest is ketogoddess.ca. See, okay? I told you she was a goddess. Yeah. <laughs> ketogoddess.ca. You can watch a little video to learn about it. Then you can reach out to me. I can get you a five-day experience pack, which is a trial pack just to see if you like it. You don't have to commit to anything. Go from there. Then in terms of coaching it's keto life gains which I know sounds complicated but it's not gains being g-a-i-n-s think of like physical gains ketolifegains.com or goddessgains.com they both redirect Mm -hmm. okay so that's either my training or my coaching site Um, and all of those same handles can be used on Instagram and Facebook just look up keto goddess all of my links are there it's all there yeah Um, and you're good for people to then you're going to be inundated with kind of questions and stuff but that's Great. good that's what you like it's my day-to-day it's my life <laughs> yeah I love it's it. amazing do you think this is here to stay like this people ask me that all the time yeah. are you gonna stick with it the answer is yes for me the f- it right now it's in this like fad phase mm-hmm. now of course it'll die down a little bit but it's not gonna go anywhere because people are getting real tangible results so I'm just gonna keep having my conversation if I have to expand my my conversation to different things um I will do it but right now this is the hot topic and I'm gonna stick with it for sure well I think it's just gaining everyone seems to be uh, talking about it I'm like at the gym the other day and I could hear people talking like (laughs) you know like people it's just in conversations right and so hopefully we've been able to arm you with some of the information that uh, you need um, and to understand a little bit more when you hear people talking about the ketogenic diet and the ketones that this is really what you were, were talking about but I think for me the fascinating part was just the blood and when it's in the different states, right? The ones that are going through to the brain. Yeah, blood-brain barrier. The, the yeah. blood-brain barrier. Like, and that some never get there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's really quite fascinating. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. it. Best of luck with the pregnancy. Thank You'll you. have to keep us uh, updated on how things are going. Uh, and once again, for this podcast, I'm, I'm like here telling you to go listen to other ones on, <laughs> on, um, on the topic. But I uh, really appreciate you listening to this one. Please like and subscribe and share and let other people know about it. Uh, it's always great to be able to see the podcast going. You know what I love is that everyone is listening. Like every and any given day, people are listening to every single one of the podcasts on Living Your Life. And I think I truly want to say thank you that you're such an engaged audience uh, and are finding something that is piquing your interest each and every day. Have a great day. That's uh, the wrap on Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. That's awesome. (laughs) Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com.